Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here we no, wait a minute. They're not here. What the heck's going on? What, where are those people? George Mayhe is here. Hello, George. None of those people are here. <laughs> no, Tom Ackerman <laughs> is here, though. My goodness. And you guys, George Mayhe. Uh, your official title is editor, food editor, dining editor, dining dining editor. Yes, of yes, St. Louis magazine. You brought a copy. You're going to uh, what is best breakfast? We'll have to talk about that. Did you have a, a breakfast this morning somewhere? <laughs> Did you go? To one I of had these? a piece of banana bread that was gifted. Uh, it was <laughs> one of my Christmas gifts, and and yeah, a little, little cup of coffee, a little, little little piece of bread. No, that was it. But yeah, this is the best breakfast issue. It's on the on newsstand still for the next what four days? Four days. Yeah. The, so what's, what's next? Um, uh, just the, the, the January issue is, uh, I think it's 23 things to do in 23. Oh, that's a good I idea. I think that was the title. We, we ended up, I think with like 123 things, but the, we left the title <laughs> as it was. So, so it's okay. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, this was a fun issue. We kind of got into all kinds of different, um, you know, categories, you know, pancakes and omelets and boozy brunches and things like that. But these are always, these deep dives are always fun. We haven't done this in probably five years. And uh, I think we, we, this is the online issue or rather the print issue I'm looking at here. There's 50 places. It says, Mm -hmm. I think there's, we probably added 30 online. So there's 80, Uh, you know, you go, oh, wait, we forgot this. Well, we got to add them in. So you end up, you know, we've got a little time between the the print issue and the online version. So we end up adding this, that, and the other. So uh, you know, no matter which one you pick up, you've got plenty to pick from, and it's one of those issues that you can kind of dog ear and circle and yeah, take well, your take, take, take your sharpie too, and it gives you you know this is easily a uh, a year's worth of breakfast places. Isn't you know, right? I mean, yes. twenty years ago, yeah. St. Louis was not a breakfast town like Chicago, New York. It's true. And people just didn't eat. It just wasn't a breakfast restaurant town, I should say. And now it is. And now there's a lot of really great breakfast. As soon places. as you said that, I, I've thought of a couple of places I used to go for breakfast. The Rex Cafe. Rex was uh, R-E-X? originally R-E-X on um, Olive at Newstead uh, on the southwest corner. Then they moved to, I think, the sixty like 6200 block of Michigan. Then the Majestic. I was going to say the Madge is what, yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't remember that. I, mean, I didn't know it was Rex. I thought W R E C K S. Or I don't know how it sounds like it could be a <laughs> dive is, a dive bar yeah, or something. You a know, a long time ago. <laughs> but in the majestic, uh, I, they used to have br- scrambled eggs and brains. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't find that anymore. And in gyro omelets, right? I haven't majestic? had that. No. Yeah. 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 Those were the, those were the good old days. Well, we're talking to George Mayhew, Samples <laughs> Magazine. Oh, you mentioned online. I guess it's S T L. STLMag.com. STLMag.com. And in about a half hour, you're going to meet Neil Fisher, who is from here, but he's now a news reporter 
For WKYC Channel 3, the NBC TV station in Cleveland, he'll give us a comparison of life between St. Louis and Cleveland. Then we'll hear from Bill Moriarty, former president of the American Federation of Musicians in New York City. He's now back here in his hometown. He'll uh, discuss our city's once bustling live music scene of the past and how little of it remains today. You may have seen him at uh, some of my Missouri History Museum presentations. Uh, George, now... We've talked a little about breakfast, but uh, before we got on, you and Tom Ackerman were talking about a place that I have not been, and I don't know where it is, 801 Local. 801 Local, yes. It's a, a descendant of the 801 Chop House, 801 Fish. Uh, that that 801 concept was uh, born in, in Iowa, and, uh, you know, the 801 Chop House and Fish are right there on, on Carondelet Plaza mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And very successful here. They've got them in other cities as well, and... Uh, uh, this is is their descendant. It's it's kind of a, a a more casual version of 801 Chop House. They call it. It's out in Frontenac. Where, uh, where is it? What's, it is it on? It, it's right at Frontenac and, and where Litzinger Road. Uh, oh. It's right at Lindbergh and Litzinger Road, right like by the Lifestyle Fitness Center. Mm-hmm. There, it's kind of it's it's a bit hidden. You 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 have to really kind of know where it is. But it's a beautiful restaurant. I, I was telling Tom there's like acres of walnut in there <laughs> and um it's it's one of uh it, it's a beautiful restaurant long bar um uh, you know it's not inexpensive but it's not at the price point that 801 chop house is and and we were talking about this in the break uh, I was surprised and interested and pleased to see that it is carpeted and you don't see no. I don't know when the last time I saw a new a new restaurant that was carpeted and I thought well this will be awfully nice and it is it, it, it definitely you know dead it mitigates the sound it makes it a little more you know for a civilized dinner conversation because they're you know let's face it you go out to these places too and it's it's it can be deafening it is um, in a lot times. of places yeah. and it's 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 not not the best thing for table conversation you really have to lean in and be a good lip reader these days <laughs> and and that's you know just take it for what it is but but anyway this is uh uh, anyway, at eight hundred one local, there's there's a lot of big parties, a lot of families, so uh, um, that's good because uh, it needs to be uh, the sound does need to be mitigated in those in those situations. But um, and Tom was talking about prime rib. Yeah, I think that was their special that night. It's uh, it, it's kind of a uh, um, it's pretty much an eclectic American menu. I would call it. I wouldn't call it a, a steakhouse per se, but. Uh, uh, I think he was there on Christmas Eve. It's always a big night. And oh, sure. If, if uh, sure. restaurants are open on Christmas Eve, they're busy on Christmas I'll Eve. It, it, it's a great night, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, even those that are open on Christmas Day, Christmas night. Um, you know, if, if you're open, you're busy. I, I think a lot of folks don't like to ask their staff to when, – when I was in the business, we would open on some of those days, but only if staff wanted to come in. We said, hey, if you guys want to come in, we'll come in. And a lot of them were in town and the families were – we're doing something tomorrow, but not today. And we said, yeah, you know, that's fine because we knew we'd, we'd make a good buck if if uh, if we'd stay open. So that was kind of our parameter. Like, like if we're not going to drag you guys in here, but if you want to come in, we'll come in. I know we did that when I was at Harvest. And where, where when you were talking about the place you were speaking of, what was oh, it? This was Harvest Restaurant on, on Big Bend. I was an owner at Harvest. I don't know if you ever knew that. When, no, I did not know that. Yeah, so that was that's in That's where the, the Del Pietro's right. is today. Exactly. That's where Del Pietro's is today. So that was in the in the 90s, and uh, and one of our, uh, you know, one of our, our rules was, was no holidays unless the employees wanted to do it. So, um, uh, but uh, Super Bowl Sunday 
the, the two two of the five owners were big football fans. Now that day we were off. That's all there was. There was no negotiating. Yeah. I don't care who wanted to come in. That day was 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 an off day. So I can imagine. Anyway, yeah, that that uh, you know we're talking about. But you know, as, as we came into the into the segment, uh, Bristol and, yes. and some of these throwback restaurants and places that have been around for Bristol, a while. Bristol, uh, Olive and Ballas, that has been around a while. I don't know how long it's been. It's got to be f- decades, forty years, maybe. Well, it I, could I, be. I think so. But you know, that is a place that that we all remember from those of us of a certain age with those cheddar drop biscuits, and uh, it's just uh, it was that Gilbert Robinson family of restaurants, Houlihan's. Sure. Um, Bristol's uh, Fedora Grilled. Remember that place at Union Station? That, I don't. No, that was. Uh, I just remember that place because uh, it's one of the places I remember meeting Bill Cardwell. Oh my! Who gosh. was a? Yeah. He was a regional before he went into Cardwell's. He was a regional manager for Gilbert Robinson. He was a big, he was a big time chef for that corporation, and um, uh, that's kind of where he. Learned systems and learned a lot of the things uh, system wise that, that that he knew. But anyway, G- guess, GR was a was a a, a formidable uh, restaurant chain company sure. in the eighties. So anyway. long gone now. I was well, yeah. I mean, Hands is still. Uh, I I guess there's still Hands around, but you know, um, Bristol's still around. So. Yeah, I think they're still doing restaurants that not nearly with the frequency that they did a long time ago. You know the ago. origin of the Houlihan's name? It has to do with the St. I, Louis. I knew you'd know, but I don't know. It had to do with a clothing store, Tom Houlihan's Clothing Store on Locust Street, right across from Famous Bar between 6th and 7th, south side of the street. And then he moved to Kansas City on Country Club Plaza, okay. opened a clothing store, <laughs> and then he went out of business, and they uh, moved in and decided, well, we're in Houlihan's old place. And, and it, so that was what the original name was Houlihan's. Right, place. right. That's where it started. It's a, you know, that is interesting about names, where yeah, they come from yeah. and how they come up. And, and as you talk to restaurant people, they'll come up with the concept and they'll find a chef and they have a manager. But the thing they stress over the most sometimes is the name. And they come up with sometimes brilliant ones and sometimes it's like... Is, is that the best you can do? Yeah. Isn't that the <laughs> Seriously? Truth? But uh, anyway, it's, 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 I talk to them all the time, and they, 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 I'd say, well, how, how'd you come up with the name? What's the, the, the genesis of the name? And it's like, what were the alternatives? And sometimes they're better than, you know, hearing the alternatives. It's like, oh, I'm see, I see why you, you threw that one out. <laughs> George Mayhe is here. We'll be right back, George. A lot more oh, about yeah. food, about dining out in, in St. Louis. And I want to ask you about some things that we I can't find very often anymore. So maybe, okay. you All right. probably maybe know I can the help. Oh, I All know right. you can. Uh, it's this Johnny Rabbit at your service on the show. We are at your service. Uh, the, the show is the show, but the show is not with the show people who will be. I guess they'll be back tomorrow. Is that right, Tyler? Uh, we're talking... Uh, we were talking off the air with uh, George Mayhe. Well, one thing we've talked about are food prices at anywhere. I mean, you go to the grocery store, and it's just unbelievable. Some of the, I'm truly unbelievable. You go to some restaurants, and the obviously the prices have to go up. You know, and it's it's sticker shock, and it's it's understandable sticker shock for the reason you said. Just go to the grocery store. If it's like you can't really complain about it, but I think everybody still does because it's it's just so incredible. But it's here to stay. Let's just deal with it. Let's 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 reconcile it. And uh, it's you know people are talking about what's what's going to be a trend for twenty twenty three. High prices aren't going away. So no, no, figure not. out a way to do it. And and people have some of them are scaling back from fine dining to less than fine dining. 
uh, you know, casual places to fast casual places, fast casual back to 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 uh, fast food. So you know, there's some ratcheting back that happens mm-hmm. when prices go up. So there's some adjusting that's going on. People still love to dine out, but habits habits are going to change. I think unless people's incomes increase drastically, habits will change, and that's what. Uh, you know, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot more deliveries, too. You know, that's not going anywhere. That, you know, instead of going out, there's a lot of lot more pickup and delivery, which is, uh, we, you know, we spend an hour talking about that. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah that, it would not, uh, one thing I'm searching for and haven't found, sauerbrot. Who in the world no. has sauerbrot? In the last place, uh, the old uh, Schneidhorst Hoffenberg Inn was uh, a favorite. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Um, uh, German food in general, to answer your question, that it just isn't popular in St. Louis, and I don't know why. I don't either. I don't see sauerbraten. Uh, I don't see German food. Uh, there's a I, I, the last place I even know to look is Dreamland Palace over on the oh, east yeah. side, mm-hmm. and that's the only place I could even tell you to look. Uh, and and I get that question occasionally, and I guess the reason why we don't see it is it just isn't isn't that popular. It used to be there used oh, to yeah. be German places, yeah. Schobers uh, and South Lindbergh, right? Go right. to the uh, Hofbrau at the Mayfair Hotel, and there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. There, there were many other places as well. And Turtle Soup is another one that's hard to find. I, I last I heard was Lombardo's by Union Station still had Turtle Soup. I think there was something with the turtles themselves uh, being an endangered species, and I, I that I haven't seen turtle soup in a long, long time. But yeah, these are you know you're hitting on, especially turtle soup. That's just like a oh, it's an age old delicacy that you with the, with the you pour the sherry in right, on top of right, it. Oh, right, it's right. so good. Yeah, yeah, just just delicious. But yeah, that's uh, uh, you're, you're going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> but I still see it in. You can find cans of the stuff oh, yeah. uh, in in certain uh, gourmet grocery stores. So there you go. Get, it, get a little get, get a little you know a thimble of sherry and and you know maybe we could we could satisfy our itch that way. I was at uh, my wife and I were at uh, Trader Joe's uh, recently and I saw a can of turtle soup and this but it looked good and I looked at the label the sodium. Was mm. astounding. I, mean, yeah. I don't even remember what it was. I put it back, and yeah. it was just. Uh, yep, and that's yep, the trouble yep. with canned. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Onion soup, French onion soup, famous bar style French onion soup. Uh, a lot of people have onion soup. Uh, there's there's some good ones. The Cyrano's, um, uh, Cyrano's in Webster Groves has a good onion soup, a very sweet onion soup. And I'm. The last I heard, the, the uh, matter of fact, I had the original recipe for that onion soup that did not come from Famous Bar. It was from 1959 at the uh, Brasserie in the yes. Seagram's building in New York City. Yes. And uh, the last uh, person, place that had it was Josephine's Tea Room in Godfrey, Illinois. But they okay. only made wow. it occasionally because it was so intensive. There was just so much work to it. Well, it takes it takes hours and hours and hours to slowly, slowly, slowly reduce all those onions. Now, I don't think I, I wouldn't call it the famous bar uh, uh, recipe because that one was, you know, it was thickened with flour, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't care for the thickened version. I do like the brasserie. Speaking of brasserie, the, the brasserie in the Central West End oh, has sure. a really, really, really good version of of French onion soup. Yeah. Now, I'm told, and I don't know that I've, I haven't had this, there's a place out at 270 in Manchester called Circa STL that has a lot of <clears throat> I've heard, I know, I was you know, toasted ravs, and yeah. they've got some nods to, to St. Louis dishes, and they claim to have the original 
recipe oh. and serve the original recipe of Famous Bar's French onion soup. I've been there before, this but you know, George, I, I honestly didn't know they were still there. I mean, there are so many restaurants. Well, and that's and, and, and you're right, and it's my job to keep track of them. And you know, so I, and I call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Can't keep track of them, so there's no way that the common common person right. does. But, you know, and, and we talk. I talk about this all the time, and you probably see it in the in the column that I write. Once a month, I do the openings, closings, and coming soon's, yes. and I do that just to keep it straight in my mind because otherwise, I can't. I have yeah. to write them down. And I started doing this back in two thousand and eight. You know, whatever that is, fourteen years ago, and just to keep it straight, and and uh, it, it's just a great snapshot of what's going on in every month. And, you know, through the, the, the recession of 2008 and nine, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it's going to be horrible. All these places are going to close. The, the, the end is near. The sky is falling. And it didn't happen. Right. It, it, and that's what was curious is it, it didn't happen. Restaurants continued to open at a, at a far greater clip than they closed and during COVID. And it's like, oh, boy, here we go again. This is going to be and it's, it didn't happen again. Um, so throughout all this time, restaurants have continued to open at about three times the rate of, of closings. And, and mm. uh, one of my year end, 
you know, summaries is for every op- for every closing, there's three openings per month. And that's been going on since I've been keeping track of this. And a lot of people really find that hard to believe because you hear about these closings. Yes, and, oh, yeah. it's cool. This right. is terrible. But you don't hear about all the openings and especially the smaller ones. You hear about the, you know, the, the, the tragic, uh, you know, full grand is closing after all these years. Oh, woe is us. And, and, and what are we going to do? But, um, you know, there there are so many more openings and it's it's just it, it it continues to blow my mind because we're hearing of all the 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 labor issues the last couple of years. There's no there's no workers. There are no workers. They aren't coming back. What what's the industry going to do? These places keep opening. They're coming from somewhere. So good for us. But and I don't understand it because people ask me where are these folks coming from. I don't know, but they're coming. So yeah, it, it, it's either. great. And and uh, they're continuing to come. People are opening restaurants. They're continuing to open restaurants. Twenty twenty three is going to be a good year again. You know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Oh, sure. You know, so so it, it it's great. But um, you know, I, I'm supposed to be the answer man, but I don't have the answer <laughs> for that one. Well, with the uh, Piccadilly in Manhattan. Uh, Don't you love that place? I do love that place. I love that chicken pot pie. Oh, That's my favorite. They have a chicken pot pie. They have a beef pot pie. And they have a seafood pot pie every Friday that has scallops and shrimp in a, <laughs> in a, in a, and codfish in, a, in like a seafood broth. And it's the same, you know, big as your face. Yes, it is. And it's just, it's just awesome. You know, the owners live upstairs. It couldn't be a more charming place. And speaking of names... It, it, you know, it is where it is. Piccadilly at Manhattan. Yeah, right, I just right. that's, that's my a, favorite name in the whole world. Like, where name. is it? It's at the corner of Piccadilly. At now Manhattan. they've had trouble with uh, help. They're closing at four o'clock now, uh, eleven to four are, are their hours at least temporarily. They put in a freezer case. They're uh, freezing some of the things. So far, they haven't figured out. They've how about the freezing the pot pies yet? But they're uh, some of the things are frozen, and it's they had. About equal business between lunch and dinner, but they just couldn't find the people to run the, the kitchen and all at night. So. And, 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 you know, people ask me what's happening, what are the trends. That is a sad trend for 2023. Reduced days, reduced hours, yes. just because of the reason you said. Uh, and there's a woman that closed her restaurant out in St. Charles. What's the reason? We can't get people. We have no help and we can't do everything ourselves. And that's. Unfortunately, you know, again, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm all enthusiastic that places are opening up, but places are also closing because they can't find help. And I hate to see that a place like this cool and fun and nostalgic and neighborhoody as Piccadilly at Manhattan right. can't find enough folks to, to staff the, the, the dinner uh, business because, God, I just love that place. But, you know, it, it, I guess we all adapt. There's a place uh, on South Grand that closed, Cafe or uh, uh, Cafe uh, uh, Natasha, mm-hmm. and uh, they they've since reopened, uh, and it's called um, uh, Salve. And anyway, it, during the the pandemic, they reopened, and they o- reopened four nights a week. And they said, you know, we figured out that that we did this, we could do the same business in four nights a week that we did in six nights a week. Interesting. We trained our customers to come in on the four nights a week, and when they reopened to Salve, they kept that same format and they said we've we've now have quality we all have quality of life and we've trained our customers to come in when we're here that's very very interesting thing they said it would have never happened except for the pandemic so there's there's a a good pandemic story for you thank you for being here
Well, let's do this again sometime. Yeah. We've got so many places we can talk about. I know. Oh, my it's, goodness. It's always that way, up. isn't it? I know you've got to hurry to go to lunch somewhere. It, it, it's it's always good seeing you, Ron. I love come, coming down to see you. Good to see you, yep. too. Yep. George May happy from St. Louis Magazine. And Happy New Year to you as well. This is the show. This is Johnny Rabbit filling in on KMOX. Johnny Rabbit, we're uh, filling in on the show today. Neil Fisher is here with us by phone from Cleveland. Good morning, Neil Fisher. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you had a Merry Christmas uh, with yep. your family as well there in St. Louis. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. You weren't here with your family. You were there. No, I was in Cleveland. I had to work Christmas Eve uh, here at WKYC, the NBC affiliate here in Cleveland. Uh, but I did get the chance to uh, go visit St. Louis a few weeks ago to uh, see family and friends and everything. How do you like Cleveland? I love it so far. It's It's really nice. It's a lot like St. Louis in terms of a big city with a small town feel, a lot of different things that are similar to St. Louis. We have uh, what's called Little Italy here in Cleveland. It's a lot like the Hill, uh, one of my favorite restaurants and, and food places on the Hill, Joya's. Uh, haven't found a sandwich place quite like it yet here in Cleveland, but I'm still looking. What about thin crust pizza? You know, they don't do a whole lot thin crust pizza here, and it kind of upsets me. Some of my favorite places uh, – of pizza or actually in St. Louis, Pizza Gogo uh, over there in the uh, Epiphany neighborhood, one of my one of my all-time favorites. On Ivanhoe, a great place used to be across in the Melba Theater in South Grand. An interesting place, really an out-of-the-way place. It's a good choice. Now, what about toasted ravioli? Do they have that in Cleveland? I They do not have toasted ravioli. I've tried to uh, find different, different things to meet the needs and, and haven't <laughs> quite found it. I actually had the chance to get toasted ravioli when I was in St. Louis, and, man, it, it hits the spot for sure. Yeah. Brings back memories uh, for years in St. Louis, too. So you probably should, uh, you know, maybe open a restaurant there, Neil. My gosh, you bring all <laughs> that say Well, gooey butter cake. I don't know. Do they have gooey butter cake? That would be a good idea. I don't oh believe gosh. they do. Russ Mitchell and I could could open a restaurant here in Cleveland uh, with all the St. Louis favorites for visitors. Now, Russ Mitchell, uh, people remember him from St. Louis, but he's there. Absolutely. I uh, grew up in Webster Groves, uh, was on the news in St. Louis for quite a few years, uh, then joined CBS and, and came here to Cleveland. And he's a wonderful, wonderful person, uh, an even better anchor and, and reporter. So if we wanted to watch you here, we can do it online, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, WKYC streaming. Uh, it's called WKYC Plus, or you can go to uh, our website, uh, WKYC.com as well. And uh, we have content streaming throughout the day, and then we have shows uh, every day, Monday through Friday, at 4, 5, 6, 7, and 11. What was your first job in radio or television? First job in radio or television? That's a fantastic question. I went to Lewis University my freshman year, which was outside of Chicago. I had a radio show Monday nights hmm. from 9 to midnight. Um, when you're in college and a freshman in college, they give you what's known as the best hours. Uh, when everybody else uh, doesn't want to go. Uh, so I did uh, radio uh, from 9 o'clock to midnight every Monday. Uh, and that's how I kind of learned and got into the business. Then it was play-by-play -play for sports uh, throughout the years. And then when I graduated uh, from Lindenwood University in 2019, uh, Greg Amsinger, an alum as well who works at MLB Network, told me, why don't you just try getting into news? Go to news, uh, usually two- or three-year contracts. Uh, and I went out to Washington State for a few years during the pandemic and now made myself um, made my way to Cleveland. Well, good. No, Neil, thank you. We'll talk again, I hope, in the near future. You take care of yourself. 
All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Neil. Neil Fisher uh, from St. Louis. Now he's there in the NBC station in Cleveland, WKYC, Channel 3, Bill Moriarty. Here's a gentleman who has led, I guess you could say, led a life of music. That's it. Music. And that's, I mean, that really, really is it. You, you, uh, you're into, you, I don't see your trumpet. I thought you were going to bring your trumpet to play for us today. Uh, no. Oh, darn it. But you still practice. I still you? practice. I still. How often do you practice? Every day. Isn't that interesting? That's good. I have nothing else to do, so I practice every day. <laughs> well, uh, technically, uh, I guess you could say you have retired now from, uh, you, tell me about the New York job you had. Well, uh. I was active as a musician in New York for about 25 years, mm-hmm. uh, from the mid-60s to 1990. And in 1990, I was uh, approached and uh, accepted the, the job as treasurer of Local 802, the Musicians Union in New York. It's a full-time job, and I had to quit playing professionally in order to do that uh, that job because oh. there was a perceived uh, or conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. We'd negotiate contracts and things like that. I, I served as treasurer uh, for about seven or eight months, just long enough to know I didn't know enough to be treasurer. <laughs> and then I uh, became secretary of the local, which was uh, basically the, the where the local ran. Uh, uh, all of the administrative officers was secretary. When I took over as secretary, I had four secretaries myself. <laughs> we had a staff Big of operation. Yeah. And then uh, uh, odd thing happened in 1992. The, the president, the then president, John Glazel, another trumpet player, Decided not to run again, so uh, I ran. I ran alone, and I I was president of the local then from uh, 1993, January of 1993 through December of 2003. So uh, uh, 11 years, and then I. It's a big job. It's a big. Uh, you we we have under we had under contract all of the orchestras at Lincoln Center, the New York Philharmonic, New York Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, uh, the New York City Ballet, the New York City Opera, the Jazz at Lincoln Center mostly Mozart, almost everything that went on, the whole Broadway community, the, the off, most of off-Broadway, all the major hotels, and I had under contract 40 single engagement offices. So there was constant uh, wow. negotiation and constant uh, grievance handling <laughs> yes, and things of like course. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You were the man who shut down Broadway, I'm told. Uh, yes, we'd, uh, we, uh, the, the issue on Broadway had, had been for years what's, what are called the staff minimums. That is, the contract called for a minimum number of musicians in certain theaters, up to 26. And they, uh, the employers had been trying to lower those numbers for a number of years and had been successful on several occasions. And in uh, 2003, my last year in office, they decided they were going to try to do away with them altogether. Hmm. And it was, a, it was a, a, a long and hard negotiation. The strike was not long. We struck after the show on Thursday night, and we... So we we closed the we closed Broadway down over the over that weekend. Uh, it was interesting that closing Broadway down meant closing down all of Midtown Manhattan. The streets were basically empty oh, when the, when the my, theaters my. were closed because the uh, Actors Equity uh, closed uh, 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 struck in 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 in, in with us. Sure. Uh, so the the dramas didn't work either. So uh, uh, on uh, Sunday night we got a call from Mayor Mayor Bloomberg's office. And we went up to Gracie Mansion, and over Monday night, we went up there in mid-afternoon Monday, and over Monday night at 7 o'clock the next morning, we had a what was a basically a, a, a compromise. Uh, we lost a few seats, but we, we saved the, the issue of minimums. And, uh, Good. 
but that was the broad that was the Broadway strike. It was interesting to uh, to uh, see how much Midtown Manhattan, which yeah. was uh, unbelievably busy most of the time, was completely deserted. Uh, when the music scene changed there from when you started, uh, I, I assume like, all the hotels used to have orchestras, uh, yeah. all the musicians, and the, all the clubs. You know, I, I started playing the trumpet when I was seven years old, and I played little jobs here in St. Louis, and then I played through high school, and I you went to I, Kirkwood High School. I, I went right? to Kirkwood High School, and I I never thought that I would see a time when a trumpet player couldn't make a living playing the trumpet. And it quickly became apparent to me when when I finally left here in '65, uh, I had I had played two years at the Chase Club. I'd done two seasons at the Chase Club in '59 and '59, '60, '60, '61, and then I did two seasons at the Grand Theater, '61, '62, '62, '63, and then the Grand Theater was torn down for the the, the first Bush Stadium right, down here. Right. And uh, so I the re- grand—I didn't realize the Grand Theater had that big a group of musicians. No, only four. four. Only four. Just a, a trumpet and a, a, a alto saxophone and a piano and a drummer. Uh, we sounded like a couple of bicycle horns with bass and drum. You know, <laughs> but, uh, 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 and I realized there was no other live music industry for a trumpet player in this town full time other than the symphony. And and there was very little in the way of, of single engagement work at that time. Uh, so I went on the road with a band out of Springfield, Illinois, Buddy, Buddy Kirk and his band, and we ended up at Roseland in New York. And there was work there. And I thought about it. I was married. I had two children. We had two children. And uh, so I, I talked to some musicians in New York, and uh, we came back to St. Louis. The band broke up. We went, I came back to St. Louis. I worked that season, that summer season, with the Lakeleed concert band, Lauren Tarno and the oh, Lakeleed yeah, con- right, concert right. band. And then uh, I got on the road with a band, Russ Carlisle. Oh yeah, and we, he got he was going to Roseland. We went into Roseland. I got an apartment, moved the family up there in December. We'll get back. We'll talk about the vans. We'll talk about music. We'll talk about St. Louis with Bill Moriarty. This is the show. This is Johnny Rabbit here on KMOX. That's Johnny Rabbit on the show today. Bill Moriarty has been talking with us about music, music in New York City, music in St. Louis. What about KMOX? You had There's a story that relates to KMOX. Well, this is not the first time I was on KMOX. Uh-huh. It's been a long time between uh, uh, appearances, but uh, first time was 1954. Fifty-four. Yeah, Wait a, a minute. That's the year I started in radio. There was a. Me too. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I guess so. There was a, there was a program on Camox uh, uh, Radio called Teen O'Clock Time. Yes. It was a, 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 a talent show for high, high school uh, students in the Kurt area. Kurt Ray was Kurt he? Ray. Kurt Ray was the MC and uh, a good guy. And um, uh, I, how I was chosen to get involved in that, I don't remember. But uh, there were four <laughs> groups of 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 high school students, and there was an elimination round, and I won my elimination round, and we went to the finals. I won a $100 worth of clothes at Scruggs. Oh. You can't imagine what I could get for $100, uh, yeah. pants and right. jackets and shirts. And So anyway, I, 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 we made it, I made it to the finals, and there were four of us at the finals. There was a, a pianist, a female pianist, and an accordion player. It was 1954, so there had to be an accordion of player. Of course. And and there was a soprano uh, and myself. Uh, I played uh, the Harry James version of Cheer Beer Bin. Oh, yeah. And I played the 
Herbert L. Clark version of Carnival of Venice. We each got about 10 minutes to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get through the suspense here, I didn't win. Oh, uh, The Soprano won. Then... The Soprano was from Sumner High School, and her name was Grace Bumbry. Oh, my gosh. And she uh, became one of the major operatic and soprano and mezzo-soprano voices of the second half of the 20th century. Metropolitan uh, Opera? uh, Yeah, La Scala. uh, Everywhere that great singers sing, she sang. And she had a a long career. Her professional career started about 1961, and that's an interesting story, which we don't have time for today. Darn it. Uh, 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 (laughs) But uh, it it lasted well into the 90s. Hmm. So she spent over 30 years singing, a very long time for for a singer. So that's my experience uh, uh, with KMOX, and, and they finally asked me back today. Yes, they did, didn't they? <laughs> and it took a few years for the return engagement. Uh, it's too bad, you know, they, they in those days, uh, I mean, this was sort of the end of the music days for radio stations, but radio stations had, I had contracts with the American Federation of Musicians. Uh, well, there were musicians, there were musicians at the TV stations, and they, uh, I mean, at, um, when I was at KXOK, uh, the building was built in 1956, Radio Park at 1600 North Kings Highway. And in it, there was a giant room. We could hold like 100 people. There was a concert, uh, grand piano and all that stuff. And when the, um, they ended the music in around 1957, any kind of live music, but the musicians stayed over, and they became known as the platter men. They are the ones, the only ones who could play a record on the air. They were, nobody else could do The engineers, the announcers, none of us could. Just the plattermen, the musicians, until that contract came to an end. Well, in 1954, when I did the Teen O'Clock Time, there was the KMOX Studio Orchestra yes. under, under the direction of Stan Darty. And uh, it was about a 25 or 30-piece orchestra, string section and everything. And I, I, they, they, they played my background, you know. It was, wow. it was Yeah. And I got to know a lot of those musicians and work sure. with them later in life, you know. Sure. Now, you have your last, what was your last appearance? Castle Ballroom, was that? Uh, uh, Castle Ballroom, I guess, I, I guess other could... than playing, I played taps at, uh, oh, that's right. at, at, at Jefferson Barracks. Or, uh, at, but other than that, yes, Castle Ballroom the was Castle my, you ballroom. might tell them who, what the Castle well, Ballroom was. Well, the Castle Ballroom was at uh, Olive and Ewing. Don't look for it. It collapsed a few years ago. Not much after your performance. It nearly collapsed <laughs> while we were there, yes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing. We did it in conjunction with a tour for the Missouri Historical Society, and you were kind enough to go on that soggy stage that seemed to sway back and forth. I thought you were swaying, but the stage was I tried swaying. to find a solid uh, of ground. Oh, my gosh. That was something, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, we were George Mahe was here. We were talking about dining, dining spots, some of his favorites, some of your favorites. Do you have some places that you say, oh, I just got to go to that place every week or once in a while, or I can't miss such I, and such? I, I go out to eat quite often, mm-hmm. mostly around where we live. Uh, uh, Pandia Leave I go to. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah I even good. go to Miss Sherry's Cafeteria occasionally, you know. Yeah, so do we. Yeah. Uh, for the Thursday and Sunday are my favorite to Miss Sherry's for the uh, turkey and dressing, which is hard to find. You know, I mean, they have a one that's not just because of the holidays. And uh, what about other places? It's, well, I I used to go to Little Russo's, uh, but uh, they are closed now. Uh, and I I go to uh, uh, Pietro's. I go to mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, Watson. Uh, John Tony's on the on the hill. I go Lorenzo's on the hill. You know, I I, I like those restaurants. Good, we have re- a lot good of restaurants good restaurants. In, yeah. Good restaurants in St. Louis. Yeah, there are. None of them have music. None of them have a pianist. I'm just thinking uh, yeah, of that. None yes, of them have pianist. I heard that Kimolds 
wherever they are in um, Westport now, yeah. in the old uh, Deer Darf and Hart place. They have a piano player. Uh, That's what I, I heard. I, I don't know yeah, if it, yeah. who it is or if it's every night. or, But it, it is strange. You know, where if somebody wanted to hear live music, where would they go in St. Louis? As uh, far as uh, and no clubs, no night spots? So. Well, there's a jazz at the bistro. Uh, uh, they bring in, you know, uh, uh, touring. But jazz. it's not a regular. It's not a, not a not regular every thing. Day, every week. I don't know of anybody with a regular restaurant job, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I do, I, I have done, done consultant work with the local here, local 2 197. I have negotiated the last two symphony contracts uh, before the pandemic. And uh, but other than that, there is there's nothing. But the symphony is now those contracts. How long will they run? I think they uh, the, the the last one I negotiated lasted was a five year contract, and uh, uh, I think it got broken up because the pandemic hit, and then they renegotiated some of that stuff. But I think they are now once again working under that agreement. I think I'm not sure. But other than other than that, uh, Muni Opera. Oh sure. Uh, sure. Fox Theater has has shows that are under contract. There is no ongoing agreement with the Fox Theater, though. Well, thank you, Bill, for being sure. here, giving sure. us this My pleasure. update. I, 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 our pleasure to have you here. I hope to have you back again. We'll talk more. Oh, there's so much to talk about music and some of the bands and some of the performers over the years in St. Louis. Well, we're going to go to the movies next. Our uh, man with the ticket to the movie, uh, Tom Stockman, will be next in KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.